Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast, where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week's episode is supported by YT Industries and Seven Mesh. Seven Mesh is based in the mountains of British Columbia and was founded by three of the team from high-end outdoor clothing brand Arcteryx. In fact, we'll be joined by one of those founders, Ian Martin, on the podcast in a couple of weeks' time. As you'd expect from that combo of challenging terrain, extremely varied weather and incredible skills and experience in the outdoor clothing world, Seven Mesh are making truly high performance clothing for mountain biking, gravel and road riding. They're working super hard to give us new options and better solutions to meet our needs, which is designed to last the test of time, not just the next season. Needless to say, the performance is next level, but their gear is built to last in the harshest of conditions and to keep you comfortable for as long as you're prepared to go. Seven Mesh are always looking forwards and they've just launched their brand new Airmap collection. Airmap uses a unique approach of different mapped layers that uses incoming air to expel warm, moist air out of the garment, while blocking air and water in the places where you need it. This allows them to individually tune the product's performance to the specific requirements of each area of the garment. The entire range is free from PFAS and PFCs, also known as the Forever Chemicals. Head to their website to find out more about the Airmap range now. Alongside the Airmap range, they've also got lots of other incredible products that are going to improve your comfort whatever the weather. I'd highly recommend checking out their Chilco Anorak, which was by far the most warm piece of bike clothing for me last autumn, winter and spring. You can see the entire range at 7mesh.com. Whether you want to try 7mesh for the first time or you're already hooked, they're going to offer downtime listeners 20% off using the code 7meshxdowntime20. That's the number 7 followed by meshx downtime, then the number 20, all lowercase with no spaces. That's 7MeshX Downtime 20 over at 7mesh.com. Head over now and check them out. And what's even better is that they ship globally. So wherever you are, you can get your hands on some top quality riding gear. That code will run until the end of January 2024. Just a few more quick things before we get stuck into this week's episode. If you're getting something out of the podcast, then it would be awesome if you consider giving a little something to help the podcast keep going and growing. That could be as simple as recommending it to your riding buddies, sharing the episodes on your social media, or setting up a small regular donation via my Patreon, which you'll find at patreon.com forward slash downtime podcasts. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. A huge thank you to everyone who supports the podcast in whatever way you choose to do it. Also, if you want to represent the podcast, then there's downtime t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies available over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Don't forget to follow the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. You can do that by hitting that button in your podcast app now, or there's buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can either listen to today's episode right here, or if you'd prefer to watch it, you can now do that over on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash at downtimepodcast. I'll also stick a link to the video along with all the other links that I've mentioned in the show notes over on my website, downtimepodcast.com. This episode is also supported by YT Industries, and today I'm joined by YT Mob star Jack Moyer. We chat about Moy Moy TV, joining the YT Mob, being able to run whatever components you like, the ups and downs of the 2023 season, the state of enduro and downhill racing, and plenty more. So without further ado, here's Jack Moyer. Jack Moyer, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast, man. It's a pleasure to have you as our first guest in this little Leger pop-up studio, which is uh, looking pretty good, I think. Pretty mad spot, eh? Yeah. Yeah, boys, the misspent summers boys have done a good job. We've got a photo exhibition upstairs and downstairs, so hopefully loads of people will be 
flowing through and checking out this week. It's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, excited to catch up and um, and chat a bit more. It's been been a while. We had a, a brief catch up at the YT like team mm. launch earlier in the year, but it's been a good few years since we sat and did a full episode together. Um, but I wanted to start off kind of away from bikes and just talk a little <coughs> bit about surfing. So I'll be fully upfront. I can't surf. I have done a bit of abysmal bodyboarding in my life and quite enjoyed it, but like. I guess UK climate and surfing, you've got to be pretty uh, hardy to get stuck into that. But yeah, I'm keen to understand like what surfing means to you because it's obviously like quite a significant part of your, like who you are, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something I really love doing. I um, kind of always had the beach in and around my life and it's, uh, yeah, the two things I loved doing when I was growing up was riding bikes and surfing and since i ride bikes the majority of the year when i get home i like to do a lot of surfing um yeah it's just a release and i love being love being in the ocean like in nature and i yeah i don't know it's just something i really enjoy yeah is it like obviously with riding you're analyzing it to the nth degree like you're always trying to find performance <clears throat> point ones here and there like is surfing do you do you approach surfing in the same way like are you looking to improve at it or is it just a way to relax be active and enjoy yourself i don't approach it like i approach riding (laughs) (laughs) when you're always trying to be better at something constantly every single time you do it it kind of can take the fun away from it a bit and that's why when i get home from the end of the season i like to stop riding put the bike away and go surfing and surfing obviously i want to get better and i enjoy like trying to get better at it but it's more about just the feeling of doing it and trying to score or find good waves i don't go surfing and go oh i hope i can just do this turn a bit better today (laughs) i don't give a shit about that it's just because i love doing it so much nice so yeah a way for you different to yeah. how I approach riding. Yeah, definitely. So <coughs> I'm guessing like for athletes coming from Australia, New Zealand to a race season, which still is predominantly Europe based, we're getting a bit more North America and I'm sure we will get more global reach with it. But like you basically spend a lot of the year away from home. Does that make your off season and your like ability to switch off and relax through things like surfing, like maybe even more important, do you think? Like, Yeah, everyone's different. And I know there's riders from Oz and New Zealand that go home and just keep riding and doing their thing. But for me, it's just super important. I've been doing it for a while now and that's one of the main things I've realized that helps me yeah. for the to, to maintain, to make it sustainable. Like I used to be able to come over and just bus six months <laughs> in a van <laughs> with the boys and yeah. not really miss home. But now going home is just so important, hanging out with my friends, family. And yeah, doing some other stuff I like doing, like surfing and riding yeah. a bit of moto. So yeah, it's it's definitely important for refreshing and recharging the batteries. I um yeah, I've just been home for six weeks before this block, oh, and nice. it's it's the best thing I can do. Eh? Yeah, yeah, it gives you a proper time to be away from it and refresh and come back. And mm. how much do you ride in the off season? Because like, I mean, I guess Greg Minar was sort of famous for you know, finishing the last race of the season, putting his downhill bike and away and like picking it up pretty close to the start of the next season. But like how much, how much time do you consciously take away from the bike? Yeah, I 
literally go home and don't touch my bike. Depends on when the next season starts and um Yeah, it depends when that first race is, but I find I'm way better off if I just don't touch it. In theory you'd think if you just keep riding and getting better and better, then you're gonna be faster the next year. But yeah. I wouldn't be still ra- if I had to go home and just keep riding all <laughs> off season, I don't think I'd still be racing. Yeah. So even same with the training. Even if I went home, just trained all off season, rode all off season, you made me Lance Armstrong and I don't want to race the next year, I'm gonna fucking not go well, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's I, I put the bike down. I don't think about bikes. I enjoy other parts and aspects of life yeah. and then when it is ready to get going again i'm keen and it's sort of fresh and yeah do you ever yeah. start to like miss the bike before that point does that yeah that's yeah like the first ride back after a big break you're just like oh love it yeah. you know whereas not every season you get to the end and you're like oh i gotta ride again <laughs> like but some seasons it's just so stressful and you when you're pushing for wins you're riding hard every time you go riding it seems yeah and it's just nice to wake up and not like physically hurt from training and push your mentally push yourself to ride really fast it's just nice to relax a bit i guess and i find even I might get out um, a bit earlier than I'd start training and just do some riding for fun and stuff without yeah, yeah. those things. But it's, yeah, I, I don't do much riding. Nice. No, that's good. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Enduro side. You made the move over from DH. Like, as I understand <clears throat> it, it was kind of almost forced upon you, right? There was this brand that you were going to ride downhill with that fell through quite, quite late. Um, and the deal on the table was an Enduro racing deal. Um, which you know you went and had a had a go at. Mm. Were you kind of surprised when you arrived on the scene and like things started to go pretty well because it was it was that I mean it was the odd season right it was twenty twenty yeah twenty twenty yeah yeah I think we spoke about that in the last podcast briefly yeah deal yeah. fell through enduro it was go for the enduro or pretty much stop riding and um yeah I I was real bitter and like salty on everything okay. that had happened and riding. So I was kind of thinking about just maybe I was thinking about having a year off, but I don't think you can just have a year off and then come back and get a team. Like I think that'd be yeah. really hard. So it came to the decision that I wasn't quite done with it, like what I think I could do. So I just took the enduro ride as, yeah, as a something to do until I could get back on a downhill team. Yeah. And I knew I could go well, but um, yeah, it's different doing it. So yeah. when I when I did it, and then yeah, they wanted me to go back onto the downhill team, and I was yeah. like, "Well, I think I could win this if I Cause have you, a real crack." Your your initial like go to, I guess, was like, "Okay, well, I ride enduro for a year, and then do a few downhill events. Yeah. And hopefully, they'll want to pull me back across the downhill, which is what they were keen to do, right?" Yeah, because I actually did I did welds at the end downhill welds at the yeah, end of yeah. that year, and I went pretty well. Like I hadn't touched it. I hadn't ridden that down a whack at all. I'd ridden two weeks on it before Worlds yeah. and I got six there. And then 
I qualified sixth and got sixth, I think. And then I did the same in Maribor, qualified yeah. sixth and got sixth. It was like four sixes in a row. <laughs> and then I think I did the next Maribor race as well because it was a double header and didn't go quite as well. Maybe okay. Yeah. Just outside the top 10. But I went pretty well. So they were keen to get me back over the downhill. But I was enjoying the fresh change of scenery with the training and the fresh style of track. Yeah. Um, and thought I'm gonna have a crack at winning this thing. Yeah, what gave you that like belief that you could go after getting the overall? Because because I just felt like, and still do that. The enduro just fits me and my just fits me better as a person. Like okay. the longer longer distance stuff. Um, for one, I always thought I needed more time to get into a downhill run. Okay. I just don't come out the gate blazing like some people. I need <laughs> like a bit Dakota of last weekend. Yeah, I need <laughs> yeah. a bit of time to get into it, and that's always been the case. Even with like sports at school when I was growing up, I was way better at cross country, long distance, and stuff than okay. sprinting. Um, and I just, yeah, I just really loved it. Yeah. The, um, I thought if I I'm loving it this much, and I'm more motivated to train and everything, like. I'm going to keep getting better. Yeah. Did you did you think, obviously you thought you could do it, but do you think you'd do it in your first full season? Like that's pretty impressive. Nah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think I'd, yeah, like I said before, yeah, like you want to think, yeah, I can do this if I put my mind to it and everything goes well, but kind of didn't think I'd actually <laughs> do it in, yeah, the first year. Yeah. When did you start to believe wild. it? Because like oh, the season was fairly consistently good right it wasn't mm. too up and down but like when did you start to think I, I could do this like I could do it in my first full year well yeah i came into the first race in was it kenaze or yeah kenaze mm. we had a double header there and i just rode a race that i feel like i could do nearly every time like nine times out of ten i wasn't pushing hard anyway obviously i was pushing hard on the pedals and stuff but i was yeah. just riding super clean and smooth and i lost by under a second and i was like damn like i'm not even <laughs> not pushing, pushing that yeah. hard like if i just keep doing what i'm doing add a little bit more sauce and yeah just yeah. take a like still i still tried to stay consistent but just take a few more risks in areas that i thought i could then I knew I could win a race and then I went, won the next race and then it just kind of went from there. But I think I was really good that season with not thinking about the overall and just doing my best at each okay. race. But yeah, pretty early on I thought, okay, maybe I could win this. Yeah. And with, with the overall done, like <clears throat> is there then a temptation to be like, okay, well, well I've ticked that box. Let's go back to downhill. That was kind of your first love. But like you've obviously stayed on the enduro route. But... Yeah, just because enjoy it more yeah yeah um for what reasons is it, is it more riding or you get more places riding or? the tracks is a is the main thing for me like yeah. we ride some sick tracks there's also some pretty terrible ones like <laughs> man if they put that damn climb in that kenazay track again i'll bloody retire <laughs> is it that bad <laughs> it's that fucking how bad. long is it it's like and they added a climb above that this year as well no way it's like dude probably I would say nearly a minute, minute over a minute of like soft, yeah, yeah, up and down sort of pedaling into it, 
and then a pinch that's probably 40 seconds granny gear is hard like you're you're pushing as hard as you can in the granny gear just to get up it and you're nearly not able to ride <laughs> it's it not fun, is it? and then after that there's probably another minute of flat stuff when you yeah. can't even see and then you've got another three minutes of downhill you got to try ride like it's the most horrid <laughs> stage so that that stuff i don't enjoy but the other stuff like you can get like a 10 minute loma yeah it's just sick natural riding it's still got the roots rocks like super technical whereas the downhill dude especially being up there trackside now you people are risking their lives it's, all in, it's eh? so fast it's so straight and that's all the tracks I didn't like about downhill, and it seems like the majority of them are going that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just I'm having fun doing the enduro, and I'm getting better results. I'm, I'm making good money. Like, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get fun, asked like, that question all yeah, the time yeah. when, when are you coming back to downhill. But <laughs> I know what it. I, I've had a couple top fives at downhill. I know what it frigging takes to do that. It's yeah. insane. The level's even higher from when I was doing it. And you can't do both. I don't care what people say. You can't do both properly. You've got to go all in on one or all in on the other. I don't yeah. want to just come in and do a race here and there and get a off-the-back result. I haven't ridden yeah. downhill back in three years. Like, if I was going to do it, which I don't think I will, I yeah. would want to train for it and give it everything like not just dabble in it again like i've raced it for 10 years like what do i want to just go back and just do one here i think people just ask because we loved seeing you on a downhill bike there's something about like the long levers and your style that people just love watching i think that's that's probably where the question comes from like everyone loves seeing you in enduro as well but like yeah there's there's a bit of everyone i think that misses you on a downhill bike yeah and i suppose you get you get to watch more and downhill is so much more exciting to watch eh? It's easier to watch, yeah. which helps it be exciting. I think which, like enduro yeah. is is a very hard sport for anyone to cover in in a manner that really conveys quite what's going on and how hard it is. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a tricky one. Even trackside at Luden VA, like if tracks went that more track, in that direction, yeah, that like I could see myself riding that. <laughs> yeah, that looked fun as yeah. Um, especially with a bit of mud, which opens up some lines and makes it a bit more techie, I guess. Yeah, a bit more like old school kind of feel to it. Mm. Yeah, nice. So first full season, you take the overall, incredible. But I guess you've gone from being like in that season almost the underdog, obviously with the pedigree coming from downhill, but like you haven't proved yourself just yet. Then coming into 2022, you're now the man to beat. Like the target's on your back. And if I remember rightly, I think you were coming off an injury as well coming into that season. Yeah, yeah, because I dislocated my shoulder in the third last round of that series. Yeah. So I managed to keep racing. I, at the time, I thought it was all over. I was, like, devastated. But I managed to keep racing and finish off the year, which was insane. But the year ended late. I was stuck over there because of COVID. Couldn't get home. Finally got home. Had to quarantine so then by the time I got surgery, it was late and I got a, a latage on my shoulder, which is like one of the longest recovery ones. Right. And it just really pushed out into that next year and made that next year hard. Yeah. How how was it having that like, there's an expectation from like media, from fans, there's probably more people that want a piece of you as well over the weekend. Like 
how different did that season feel compared to the 2021 season for you as the athlete, like having to go and perform? Yeah, it was uh, obviously a lot different because, yeah, I came into 2021 thinking, well, I, I kind of came into 2021 thinking I needed to go well as well because I'd got some podiums in 2020 and I really wanted to back that up. So yeah. it wasn't too different. The only different thing was that I had that injury and I was nowhere near being good. Uh -huh. And obviously I really wanted to back that title up and it was my contract year. Yeah, so okay. that was another stressful thing. Um, but yeah, the, the injury was a major part which just slowed down that those first few races because i tried to it was taking so long i thought no nah, i need to get on the bike yeah i don't care if it's not fully strong or whatever had a massive crash because it wasn't fully strong yeah. i got pitched towards the front couldn't push up off the bars and just had a massive over the bars and then i ended up doing something to my hip so i barely rode coming into scotland Came over like two weeks before Scotland, got back on the bike and then, yeah, had that terrible result there. And that was hard. Yeah, to, That was hard because I could, the year before felt so easy. I could just win a race just riding how I rode. And I tried yeah. as hard as I could in Scotland and I wasn't even in the top, or maybe I was just top 20 or something. Yeah. And yeah, that was... Um, do, you take, <laughs> do you take the pressure off yourself it sounds feels like you don't but like with an injury like that coming in in the way you did there's a good like thought process i guess to say well hang on i'm not i shouldn't be expecting too much of myself here but it feels like you're always quite nah and just that uh, it's kind of a problem i'm pretty hard on myself ain't yeah. it probably doesn't help in those <laughs> instances um yeah do you have you ever like, do you work with anyone on that, like, sports psychology side of things? Have you ever dabbled in that? Like, how do you think about that stuff? I've actually just started. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> in the last, Interesting. Yeah, a couple months. Yeah. How are you finding it? Like, you don't have to go into any detail, but, like... Yeah, it's really good. I've only just started and... Um, but, yeah, I just think I needed it more for helping out in my personal life, okay. away from racing, because... Yeah racing's just so stressful and so it's just hard and then like it's hard to separate being happy yeah like when you're going shit at racing yeah okay like sometimes um yeah you just it's hard to be happy when you're going shit like you put your whole life into this yeah um like racing and you're not getting the results you're trying as hard as you can but it's not going how you want it. It's just like pretty shit, you know? Yeah. And so hard, just hard to separate, I guess. Like, mm. cause you do almost as an athlete live these two lives, right? Yeah. And then the scary thing for me has always been if I separate that, am I going to be as good a racer? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Am I going to care so much? Yeah. That your happiness relies on it that you're going to do everything you can, but it's not a way. Yes. Yeah, so not a way to live. Eh? So you're, yeah. You're almost questioning whether that self-critical <laughs> nature that you have is a, is a positive that's helping you perform ultimately. And yeah. If you try and soften that with like sports will psychology, will you, yeah. Do you lose your edge? Yeah. Man, that's a, 
That's a puzzle. Hard one, yeah. <laughs> that makes suspension settings seem like straightforward, eh? When you start talking about <laughs> yeah, that I mean, kind of stuff. Yeah. Real. Well, yeah. Ho- yeah, hopefully that helps uh, in a positive way, man. I'm sure it will. Like a mm. lot of riders seem to have good experiences with that. I want to talk about the move from Canyon over to Whitey. So you've done three years with Canyon, one of the bigger teams, I guess, on the enduro circuit. Um, and like you say, I think it was contract year. So there's opportunities to renew. There's other opportunities in the pits. And you're a rider that I'm sure... Um, plenty of teams would love to sign like a popular guy amongst the fans and a, and a rider that performs at the races too which is not always an easy combo to find um so you've got this pick i guess like what what give us a bit of insight into that the season when everyone starts talking and do people approach you are you looking where you might want to go and starting to have conversations because i'm guessing you're still under contract to canyon but you need to be thinking about right what's next here like how does that all work yeah um when you're going pretty well people approach you yeah yeah um and yeah on just gotta start thinking about what i guess what i think's gonna be best yeah for my future moving forward and what i want to what do i want out of a team and what options are going to best help me be happy while still achieving results and yeah stuff. So that's just pretty much the main thing I ask myself when I'm thinking about where to go or who to yeah. go with. Yeah. And YT came to you with a, a proposition, but at that oh, point. I actually reached out to YT. Uh, no, okay. Interesting. I just love, love yeah. the style and the brand and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, because <laughs> they didn't have a huge presence at Enduro at that point. They? No, Taxi they had They didn't, you know, have they didn't the, really have like a full team. No, Taxi wasn't. How's that? Taxi before? was you on both, Bulls. Yeah. yeah. yeah so this is the first year yeah. they had nothing. But yeah, I um, Chris Hilton was working at YT mm-hmm. a couple years ago, and he hit me up. He's like, "We really want you to ride for us," and that was when I just signed with Kenyon. And I'm like, "No, I'm like, I'm happy where I am, and I'm going to yeah. renew with them." And, but I always kept that in the back of the, my mind because I liked YT. So when he, when, when I was thinking of, when I was thinking it was time for a change, I reached out to Chris and just said, he wasn't working with him anymore, yeah, but I just asked strong, if he yeah. could um, put me in touch with them. And then, yeah, I got in touch with JP and yeah. yeah. And they were keen, they were looking to put together some sort of enduro program and. Well, he said they were keen, but um, I think. I think they were thinking of it, and then once I showed some interest, they were like, had a few meetings, and they're like, "Yeah, let's, let's do it." Uh, so nice. that was that was cool. Yeah. Is it is it like obviously you've got that alignment you feel with the brand, so that's an attractive proposition. But it's a team that haven't yet proved themselves in the enduro environment. Yeah, like so how, that's a bit. Yeah, how that's do a bit you, hard, but how do you how do you like? Do your, I guess in a business sense, you'd call it like due diligence or whatever. Like what are you thinking about? What questions are you asking? What are you like looking at to check? Yeah, this, I feel like this is going to be right for me. Yeah. So basically the first thing I noticed with YT is they let you just be yourself and like there's no constraints with that. Like you just, they don't expect anything of you except who you are as a person, which is awesome yeah so that's a main thing i like doing my videos and doing all that shit yeah so that was like my main that and the fact that 
they're like a bit of a wild, like loose type <laughs> yeah. of brand. Were my main reasons why I wanted to like move with them. Uh-huh. But yeah, that was a big concern. They don't have a team. Um, just basically run through everything. He's going to be running the team. Are we going to have this? Are we going to have that? And they seem to just be on board with everything I wanted to do. And I think we've done pretty well. Like yeah. Starting out, obviously, there's there's some stuff that's not dialed yet, and that's okay because they want to change and working on changing it. Yeah, it's problems I've had in the past when you want something changed and over and over you're asking to have, for change and yeah. no one does anything about it. Like that's the real problem for sure. So I I knew it wasn't going to be all smooth sailing first year and we're going to have some issues. But dude, I've had my own issues. Bloody broken hand super yeah. sick like stuff just doesn't always work out so it's not always the fairy tale eh? yeah i wasn't it was obviously concerned but i wasn't too yeah. worried about that with nice. a three you got a three-year deal as well so there's oh, time to cool. s- settle in and yeah get to know the bike and everyone in the team and how we work with each other yeah sweet did you know who was going to be on the team like athletes wise before you signed nah okay nah so that yeah. was also a I guess that's also a bit of a concern. You you yeah. want to be with people you like, but I've always I got I got lucky with my teammates, and I've always been pretty lucky. Well, with I was going to say, so you, like it was clear you were having a good time with Party Boy, and uh, that Bombo, was the like, hardest thing, probably the hardest thing in my decision to leave those to boys. leave was yeah leaving those boys. I had so much fun with yeah. them, but yeah, and it was clear. Look, but- we're having fun now too with. Big Chris and Kathy and the boys. and <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, how's it going? Like, he seemed to be really settling into, like, that group, having yeah, a good time it's together. Good. And- it's been just pretty much me and Big Chris and then occasionally Sean and Moosh when we go to a downer one, which has been sick. We all get on real well. And then just back, this race back, Casper's back. Yeah. And, yeah, it's real good. We're, having, we're enjoying it. Um, yeah, it's just good when everyone gets on and easy there's no one that's hard to deal with yeah yeah, good good. vibes yeah and your german's coming on oh mate (laughs) (laughs) my german's coming on when Texie's hiding behind me whispering in my ear (laughs) 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 apart from that it's terrible well i know a few things because i did german in high school uh primary school ah fair play okay so you got a little bit of background there yeah nice like how collaborative is that like working between you taxi and casper like you're all very different, like shapes and sizes. I guess you're running mm. some some level of different setup and componentry. But like, are you sh- are you sharing like lines, marks, oh, setup they, info? Like, how does it work? Those boys are the biggest tweakers, ain't <laughs> the shit they try. I'm. It's good because I'm kind of a just set up the bike how I think is pretty close to what I want, even if it doesn't feel perfect. Yeah. Okay. And then just get on with it and ride it and stop thinking and worrying and constantly trying stuff because yeah. then you just get in a, a rabbit fucking <laughs> hole of just getting lost and not being confident. So I like to get it just pretty close to what I think's good and then run it. Um, and those boys do a lot of changes and wild shit to their bike so it's kind of cool because i can be like well was that good like they do all the trying and then yeah i could just try it if they think something's really good 
Yeah. So helps out pretty yeah, good, eh? Pretty have handy. you like obviously you've got this live on cage philosophy for the team, so you guys are effectively allowed to run like whatever componentry you want on the bikes, which is and I was chatting to someone else about this this morning. It's like a bit of a double-edged sword. It's fantastic, but the puzzle's already pretty broad with just like the bits that you do have. So when you can have anything, obviously, there's the opportunity to really get stuck in. Sounds like you're yeah. a bit more set and forget compared well, to the other guys. The but. whole this is what people people are saying. Um, oh, Luvon Cage, but he's riding the same stuff he normally rides. <laughs> Yeah, because that's the stuff I want to pick. Like, <laughs> if we didn't have the live on cage, I'd go to the new team and I'd have to run Fox and TRP or whatever the stuff they're already running. Yeah. So, yeah, the live on cage does work for me. Uh, yeah, I'm running most of the stuff I run because that's what I'm comfortable on and that's what I've picked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that whole thing for me was like, yes, I get to run stuff I'm comfortable on, not, yes, I'm going to go try everything under the sun. <laughs> And I don't think people understand that. I think they think with that um, philosophy, you've got to just be trying something new every weekend. And I, I do want to try some stuff like tires and yeah. um, little things. But when there's something I'm super comfy on, I'm yeah, especially first year learning the bike. Yeah, we've got to learn a whole new bike. Like I need to get stuff I'm familiar with on the bike. Yeah, get, a get used to the bike. See how it works see how it like changes when you do stuff and then maybe this off season and next year i can start yeah tweaking with some stuff that i'm unfamiliar with and see if it's better but yeah the live on cage thing is insane because i can just run what i want to run yeah but i guess that you know that approach you're taking relies on an inner confidence to say like i'm okay that something else out there might be a little bit better yeah but i don't have the time to get up to speed on that and that's yeah. like, I think some races can do that. And then others, I would imagine, find that a little, would find that quite challenging. Yeah, I think, um, like, I, I don't think I'm far off with my setup. Yeah. But yeah, maybe I don't have the last 1% or the last 0.5%, which if you're on and you're riding well and you've been training hard and everything's working, dude, you're going to ride a bike that's 99% set up as well as you're going to ride a bike that's 100% set yeah, up. Yeah. It's not like I'm riding a bike that's so far off that it's going to slow me down. Yeah. But it's just so much better for me to not be fucking around with all that stuff all the time, just especially when I'm trying to learn a new bike. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to benefit more from the familiarity of stuff than you are from a potential 1% improvement. Yeah. Like if, I'm getting to the point now, which is just kind of happening because I've had so much shit go wrong this year, but um, I'm getting to the point now where I know what the bike's going to do if I throw it into a corner without breaking, breaking too late or yeah. I get bucked. Or, like I know what it's going to do. So yeah, you start to feel and you start to just become super comfortable and yeah, you know, that's what I'm after. Sounds sensible to me, mate. You're the first enduro rider that I've spoken to on the podcast since we had any of the combined events this year. Kind of interested in your take on it. Obviously, you've got a really good relationship with all the downhill crew. Um, like, how does it feel having the events combined? Like, we've got we've had a few different versions of it, I guess, like different schedules and stuff. I was at Leergang earlier in the year and I thought it was like it was kind of odd for you guys having that super late finish. But it was I'm, obviously you yeah. weren't racing through honest, but like it was cool that all the downhill crew came out and were supporting. Like, how are you finding these combined events? Oh, I don't, 
I don't think it's good for us. Um, I didn't race in Leo Gang, but uh, yeah, I was super sick in Leo Gang and I didn't race. But racing on a Thursday at 8 p.m. is just not good. Your, body, your body's not in a good spot. Not or... even that. Just there's no one there. Like no yeah, one's okay. out at 8 p.m. watching the yeah. last riders come down. Um, and even last week with the the race in Ludenville, because I think it could have been because the schedule was changed, but um, there was half, maybe even less than half of the people at the finish line from Ludenville the year before. Oh, really? Okay. Because I think they were overwatching downhill qualifying or yeah. maybe they just didn't know that it was race day because we were supposed to race on Saturday. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't... I. I haven't seen it be better for us anyway. Okay. Do you think that might um, change as like hopefully more and more people come in? Like it might grow back to above where it was sort of thing? Or Hopefully. Like maybe if um, if we're racing on like if we're racing on the weekend, I think obviously all the people are going to be there already to watch the other disciplines. And But I also think we need to be racing when – downhill don't have qualifying or like yeah, stuff so like that no but i don't know how you fit that in like yeah i don't yeah it's they've got a tough job on their hands like doing all this stuff in one weekend man i don't yeah, yeah. i guess this this two like 10 day event maybe is a bit better because you guys there's no overlap right? yeah i think um we'll see how chatel goes but yeah hopefully that'll be just back to like tazzy rounds were insane they did such a good job there we the crowd looked insane yeah and they reseated us for the last yeah that stage cool. which was awesome that's yeah. a sick thing they're doing this year which we didn't actually do in ludenville and i don't know why oh interesting but yeah in tassie they reseated us so it's like more exciting it's like a downhill race for yeah. the last stage and that yeah, was yeah. hectic um finish circle area with um all the fans it was it was really good there but yeah. hopefully chatel's like that yeah, fingers crossed. People will come out here for like a big chunk of time and go and see both. It's good. It's good mm. to be able to see everything in one spot. Like as a fan, I guess it's it's kind of cool. But yeah, yeah. If it means like maybe you don't get the same level of crowd, then yeah. it's a bit of a shame. But yeah, maybe it'll all grow together. And you know, we touched on it earlier. Like enduro <laughs> is a, is a hard sport to cover and to show the excitement and the build up. And um, as it happens, Moi Moi TV seems to be the place that a lot of people are going <laughs> for their enduro coverage. Like, how how does it feel to be providing something that's like so important to the fans? Because I'm guessing you didn't maybe imagine that when you set out to to start it. No, I didn't really. I just, <laughs> just kind of started doing some stupid videos and <laughs> people liked them. So, yeah, that's cool. It's It's sick having... Yeah, it's sick knowing that a lot of the people there are supporting you because they love the videos and stuff. Like even Texi and yeah, Texi this year is like I've never had people shouting my name even at home, let no alone when I'm in Australia and everyone's yelling out "Big <laughs> That's Chris." Awesome. So shout out to the Moimoi TV fans for yelling at us yeah. at the races. It's friggin' awesome. Um, and yeah, it feels it feels good to be able to show people not just like just the what it's like to be a racer and the yeah highs and lows and what goes on in a race weekend and 
just doing fun, stupid shit with the boys sometimes <laughs> on track walk day. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Because you don't see that stuff on short form Instagram content. And no, you stuff, don't. So. It doesn't come across. And you don't get the personalities yeah. so well, I think. Like it's been cool. Like everyone's been able to get to know you better through it, I think. But then they've also been able to get to know like Mr. Bomber, Pie Boy, <laughs> yeah. Taxi, Ocean, all these people. Like, mm. yeah, it's been it's been cool. Did you what drove you to set it up in the first place? Was it like a, oh. a an exposure thing for you, like a, a Jack Moore, the brand kind of thing, or, or just a bit of fun? Or yeah, well, I always wanted to, I always wanted to do it, um, and I don't know why I just was a bit hesitant at start. Like it's a bit. Were you like anti-vlog or like? Yeah, not anti-vlog, but I was like, oh, I don't want to be that guy, like pointing their camera at my face okay. and talking yeah. and. Um, so that's why I didn't do it for a while, but then pretty much saw how well Bernie was going with it. Say, Bernie came from he's a similar a, sort of stance, right? I don't think he he's was the like, trendsetter man. Yeah. He's, he's, he's everyone's following. He started off the, the mountain bike. Well, the, he started off the racing vlog. Yeah. He's the OG race vlogger. There was already yeah. obviously heaps of people doing mountain bike and stuff before. And I thought, screw it. I'm going <laughs> to do it. And, um, yeah, it's a bit of everything. Like I wanted to show what i'm about i wanted to create as much value as i can for my sponsors yeah. i wanted to have something i can do when i finish racing because i got so many like i like filming yeah i like creating i think i'm a bit of pretty creative person so when i'm not racing um like i like making the merch and doing video stuff and that's I've got so many good ideas I want to do with that when I'm finished racing because while you're racing, yeah. it's so hard to find the time to do anything. I bet. Quality, like we're just training all week and then, yeah, and then you, you race and you don't you don't have that much time to do stuff. So just kind of doing the vlogs yeah, and showing what goes on on a race weekend and stuff like that at the moment. But yeah. I'm keen to do some proper projects when maybe oh, when nice. I finish racing. Yeah. So I want to build that channel up and build uh, like a bit of a community up. Yeah. Nice. Then, yeah. Yeah. It's going in a super good direction. Do you, do you feel that that has ever been a distraction from racing? And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. Cause I think some riders need yeah, a distraction. Like I think yeah. it works for Bernie. He's had his best results since he's been doing it. Like it's definitely <laughs> hard. Like when you think about it for the first it was the same for me for the first year I did it. I won the overall. I was going out, filming, coming home, editing, stretching, <laughs> eating, going to bed, yeah, doing that every day on a race weekend. Yeah. And it is all good for a short period of time. Maybe it does distract you and take your mind off it a bit. Um, but it did become too much for me. The beast grows, right? Yeah. <laughs> You got to keep feeding the machine, mate. <laughs> you have. Those algorithms are hungry, man. Oh, dude. So, yeah, I got a bit over it towards like the workload towards the end of last year, I think. Uh -huh. And it's been sweet having Stagsy here. Finally got a filmer. Yeah. Um, yeah, last time we spoke, I think you were hoping that that was going to happen, but it's all yeah, now. Yeah, I was, and... last time I spoke to you, I was trying to get a sponsor for the channel to pay uh, for it. Okay. 
because turns out it's a fair bit of money to pay a filmer and fly him around the world with you. Yeah, I bet it is, mate. So, but, but I ended up just forking it out myself uh-huh. and damn, yeah, I'm hoping it's it's good because I don't have to do a lot of it. But yeah. if there's anyone out there that wants to sponsor Moe Moe TV, <laughs> awesome coverage. You get your, your brand at the start of each video. Um, all I want is like some money to help yeah. pay for the filmer because- DM you for the rate card, right? Yeah. Hit me up. No, but um, I would be surprised if someone didn't want to support that. Like, it's mm, such a popular channel. To be honest, I haven't um, haven't looked that hard okay. since. Um, yeah, just been so busy with because we had a we had a sponsor, MTB Direct, which is right. like an Aussie um, online retailer, which was sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, appreciated the support from them, and it was it was cool. So, but when they. I think everyone's tightening up a bit coming into the next. Hell yeah. It doesn't look too good coming into the next couple of years. Like nah, it's definitely the a state of the ride, economy, eh? eh? So yeah, everyone's tightening up a bit. And then since I've just been training and racing, and um, yeah, but I'll I'll be on the hunt this nice. off season to try get someone because I really want Stagsy to come again next year. He does such a good job. Yeah. Fair play. Does that like you mentioned that like the economy is rough and the bike industry is definitely in a in a spot where it's life's pretty hard for a lot of brands, I think, at the moment. Does that impact you as an athlete? Like you said you're in a three year deal, which is obviously a really good place to be in this situation. Mm. But like do you does it create any worries for you? Do you feel any any of that or are you pretty isolated from it? Um well I'm probably in the best position I could be yeah. <laughs> with that, with just signing a three year deal, but it's um no, I just keep doing my job to the best of my ability and yeah. do everything I can for my sponsors and hopefully hopefully it's not too rough. I don't no yeah. one knows what's gonna happen, but no, I've it I've heard, doesn't look good. <laughs> I've heard like fairly positive signs mm. from quite a few people of late, which is good because there hadn't been a lot of positivity for a while. So Yeah. Gotta hope. But I think yeah, another twelve to eighteen months of it being relatively tough but there you go three year deal you're all good yeah <laughs> happy days let's chat a little bit about this season's racing um like you've alluded to it's it's been a pretty bumpy road for you this year i think you started out with that hand injury mm. like not the way anyone wants to see and you know everyone's disappointed on your behalf i think when we see the the post on social saying it's happening but like give us a bit of like an overview of the season so far from from your perspective just yeah shit like that has just been happening all year on on and off the bike like it's been pretty rough so yeah the hand injury bunch of other little crashes um got super i don't know that middle block how i was just sick for yeah there's some weird stuff floating about five weeks man that was just yeah, weird. I got sick in finale, which was a pretty bad one. Yeah. And then just like a mad flu. Yeah. Super weak, uh, cough, sore throat, no energy. No, Not COVID though, right? Nah. And I did practice and race there and it was a pretty pretty big race day. I think we did 2,000 climbing, like okay. probably eight hours in the yeah. hot sun and then five or so stages of max heart rate, like, it just put me in a hole. Yeah. So I rested up after that and then thought I was coming pretty good and started training again. And then coming into 
Leo gang, I just started getting in like a bad stomach and I was like, oh, I'd be sweet. It'll pass in a few days. And it just turned into like this full body virus thing. Man. Like coughing, sore throat, headache, fevers, no energy, couldn't hold any food or water down. And it was like that for like the whole week. Like probably the gnarliest sickness I've had, eh? And I, I made it through practice, but it was just, it was dangerous, eh? I, I couldn't concentrate. I yeah. had zero energy. It was just horrible. I was nearly shitting my pants every <laughs> stage. That's not where you and want then, to be, is it? Yeah. I, f- I thought, all right, if I can just wake up feeling better the next day, I'll be yeah. good. And I got home and I just got worse and then barely slept and woke up in the morning and it was just like, it's not even worth it. I'm not in the overall. Yeah. I could get seriously hurt here just because I can't. <laughs> can't focus or just can't ride properly and I thought what what's the what's the point and I decided I would sit that one out and um just focus on Kenneze the next week yeah because get a few more days rest and it was that was hard for me because dude I raced even I raced with the day after food poisoning in 21 and I raced after popping my shoulder out and stuff like that. Yeah, you've worked through some adversity, mate. Yeah, and all all week, Gunnar, my team manager, was like, just sit it out. And I'm like, I'm not sitting it out because I'm sick. Like, that's not happening. But then yeah. in the end, I just felt so bad and realized that it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what what am I trying to do? Yeah, it is mad though. Like, I was, I was thinking about it and it is rare to hear of riders not racing because they're ill. Like, mm. are athletes generally pretty good at like staying away from these things and like you're well, so healthy you, just, you fight it off you like, normally just suck it up and yeah just race. get it done yeah get yeah. it done but this has got to be one of the worst ones i've ever had sounds brutal yeah um yeah all clear of it that big big block in the middle of the season maybe was a bit of a godsend then huh yeah big block was nice i went home and just yeah literally rested just surfed for a couple of weeks yeah and then I got into oh surf for a week, and then I got into some solid training and a good routine at home again. Nice. And I yeah I really needed that because I knew I knew that I wasn't getting results because of my hand and then other stuff going on at home like um like I got I had some big crashes that I shouldn't have had right. like after my hand like just clipping stumps that are hidden in the bush that you can't even see and just like just stuff that I just felt like damn this year's out to get me (laughs) and then the sickness during those three races I knew that it was because of all this stuff that I wasn't getting the results because I've been training hard and I've been doing everything I normally do but when it's going on for that long you start to go oh man am I am I still fast enough to to win a race am I training the same because i'm on a new team i'm on new trainer like i've got all this new stuff so you even though deep down i knew i'm like really started like you start questioning yourself a bit so that was really hard but i just got stuck in in that block and thought i just keep doing my thing and eventually shit will change yeah let's talk about ludenville then because yeah first race back off that block um it feels like the performance is there, right? Like, did, mm, you, yeah. did you, were you 
like content with <clears throat> obviously the result we can talk about but like were you content with how you were riding and feeling back to what you'd expect yeah i was like first race healthy this year and i nearly won the thing yeah apart from that last stage incident so in the like i was super pissed off with the every how it all turned out in the end but it's such a good feeling knowing that i'm still still i won a stage so yeah yeah the speed show people the cap is a fine machine <laughs> yeah. and um i know that i can yeah i know that i can still win a race if it goes to plan like i again i felt like 2021 i just rode all day nice and in control and um just felt like i was just flowing and riding like i normally do without yeah without i just had no shit going on so i could just ride how i ride with a smile on your face yeah and then i yeah then that last stage yeah talk us us Um, through that so the the tape had got blown out and not repaired it would normally be someone would be there to like retape right well that's the problem i mean i understand they can't just have people all the way down five ten minute stages like the amount of people you'd need for that but it is a massive problem and I've had this stuff happen to me before, but I've just had a, a big enough lead or I've had a big enough like margin that it yeah. didn't affect my result or anything. Yeah, and there it's was all good. hardly anything between you coming into the last stage, right? Yeah, it was just super tight. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I don't know, man, like you, you as I said in that post I put up, you can't remember every turn and rise and everything in five stages let alone the last stage of the day when you're five minutes into it you're fatigued as hell you can't see you're trying to make decisions and i just saw a deep rut going down there and yeah you're just flowing and reading the terrain as you go and i just followed it down but once i got into it i saw tape like on the that had been dragged down in there and i thought fuck so i yeah, I tried to pull it up and push back up, but you could see that a lot of people had just kept going through there. and Which also, yeah, I don't I don't think they really did the wrong thing. If there's no – the first person who blew through the tape, if they kept going, yeah, that's yeah, cheating. Yeah, it's obvious. Like, yeah. You've blown through the t- if I'd blown through the tape, I can accept that's my decision. I've overcooked it. I've seen the tape gone through it but yeah when you're just riding there because it looks like that's the track because someone's already taken the tape out like yeah, what do you do riders had been through there you could see like, yeah it yeah was, it, it was, looked like the race it was line darker than the race line yeah yeah, yeah. but well, i guess it was yeah. fresh dirt so yeah it's just one of those things mate another another one to add to the year eh? 2023 like, can a, do one eh shit yeah um but we got one more race left to make it happen so just keep doing my thing keep charging along yeah Hopefully, but, but yeah, reassuring to know that the the speed, the performance yeah, is there. Really You've nice not lost know. your edge, eh? Yeah, yeah. Because deep down, I've known that all year. But as I said, you just you start questioning yourself. Yeah, for sure. When it's for when when shit's gone wrong for that long a period of time, like nearly a whole year, that's how do you control it? Man, it's hard. Yeah, brutal, brutal mentally, right? Because that's yeah. You're, I'm guessing you. As an athlete, you almost your self worth is based on your results. If that's the way you go, I mean, your yeah. in your instance, you've got so much else with Moimoi TV or this other stuff. But 
it feels like your your main focus still is yeah that, is i still want to dude i still want to win races i want to try get another overall so it's um yeah that was why i was so probably so pissed off at the yeah. end of that yeah you say like because you just you put so much into it and again something that i feel like was out of my control i mean look maybe i could have been focusing harder and like i don't think i lost focus i just that's what you do in enduro you just follow you run you you run off reaction and follow the terrain and the lines and stuff so it's a hard one yeah it is a super tricky one but yeah it feels like you're in a good spot coming into the last race right yeah yeah how is enduro these days like you've been doing it for what this is your fourth season Mm. like do you feel that it's getting more and more competitive at the top like you said in that first year you you could do like a relatively in control run and be you know we're second off the win feels like maybe that's not the case now i if you just go off times alone in 2021 when i won both ludenville races and it was me and richie were super tight in both of them yeah and then we were like over 30 seconds ahead of third Whereas this race, I make that one mistake in the last stage and I go from first to sixth. <laughs> it's insane. Like, it's a lot tighter. And you didn't even lose that much time in that. Like Probably lost just over 10 seconds or so, yeah. a bit more. Which in a race day is not, that's not a big percentage not, of your overall time, is it? Yeah, for enduro normally, but that's that's just shows how tight it is. Yeah. Like, Lots of how younger riders more. coming through, like some, mm. not new names, but like some people that are figuring it out and finding the pace at the top maybe yeah for sure does that i think there's been a new winner every race this year that's mad yeah Yeah. does that make you more like up for it does that make it more exciting because i guess the win's even more valuable right yeah if you everyone's pushing each other to train harder ride faster and it's yeah it's harder to get so the the next win is gonna feel really good if it Let's hope it happens. <laughs> it's, like, it's coming at some point, yeah. mate. It's coming. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it's good to see you back towards the top of the timesheets and winning again. Um, you're obviously a fan of downhill. You've been trackside mm-hmm. at a few this year. Um, have you watched broadcasts? Like, how do you feel about the the switchover? Because there's, I mean, there's a huge amount of debate, controversy, blah blah blah. I don't really want to stoke mm. the fire and that kind of stuff. But like yeah. what what are you enjoying? What do you think could be better? Like let's give it some sort of constructive thoughts. Um I think trackside still awesome. I'm <laughs> I'm loving being up there. Yeah. Um I've had some sick days with Win up there just heckling and seeing people just <laughs> absolutely like just doing some crazy lines or so much commitment um that's been awesome i haven't watched a whole lot of the the live feed stuff because i'm at the race yeah um i think i i definitely wouldn't be a fan of the semi-finals if i was racing like i don't <laughs> Why would any of those guys <laughs> want to risk their life for another yeah. run? And I thought I might like it more spectating because you get to see another run, but I watched one when I was at home. I think Valdesol, yeah, because mm-hmm. I went home just before that. And it's kind of a 
I think it's kind of a like a buzzkill. Like it's just too, too long. Yeah. Um, yeah I, never I like thought- the OG downhill. They got one run and just everything's on the line. Yeah. Because the semifinals, you're like, okay, they're pushing a bit, but are they pushing? Some people can't. Trying to have a safe run to get in the finals, and then you might miss like your favorite rider because he doesn't just make the finals. Or I don't know. I don't know about the semifinals, but. Dude, that's also just my opinion. Yeah. Just not. No, it totally. doesn't mean it's right. No, I'm just interested. I, f- yeah. I feel similarly like I never thought I would ever be complaining about having too much downhill to watch. Mm. Like I'm a diehard fan of the sport. And, and for me, watching semis is a bit too much. And again, I think yeah. it comes down to that. Like, I don't know whether to be excited for semis or not because I can't I don't know what that rider's thinking like some yeah. riders are clearly going ham because they need to to make that top 30 cut but like yeah. what's Bruni doing what's what's Finn thinking are they building are they trying stuff like yeah I just I like the uh the excitement of downhill is that you just got one shot which I guess you still do it you've got to do it in the race run yeah yeah but That's still there I don't know I don't know it just takes away from it a bit but uh, yeah the, I feel if you what if you just watch the final which is that bit the excitement the one run piece like you say still you lose potentially lose some context as to what went on in the sense yeah. like, did someone have a bobble in a section and therefore they're going to be cautious like, yeah and people that you might have wanted to watch aren't even in it. So you yeah. can't just watch the final really. But I watched the I actually watched the semi in Ludenville from home because I had to boost home and get a massage. Okay. Um and that was actually dude, Gwyn was really good he was so on good. the commentary A. Eh? Yeah. Props to Gwyn. He should for that. do more like that. I thought that was sick. But then I went and watched the um the finals at the actual bottom. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's also only, um, what four races in or five yeah. races in? Give it some time, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the broadcast is getting better mm. every week. There's new graphics. Yeah, having Gwyn and Miriam in the booth was yeah. super good. Having Junior watching is something you can. Ju- sorry, Junior racing is something you can watch. Is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, I um, they're so loose. Yeah, and. I think I watched one of those. That's on YouTube, eh? I yeah, watched yeah. one of those on YouTube too. Maybe it was Valdesol as well. But yeah, that's pretty cool. It's cool because normally you've got to come to the venue to be able to see. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those junior lot. racing's come a long way. When I started downhill, we didn't even have a junior category. Yeah. You're all in with the elites, right? Yeah. So it's pretty cool that they've got their own category now and even it's getting like, it's getting filmed live. Yeah. And it's stacked with talent as well. Both men's yeah. and women's, it feels like like the elites have got to look over their shoulders a lot more than they ever used to. Maybe yeah. need to. Yeah. The future is bright. It is. It what's is. the, what's the score with like the Enduro stuff? I guess you've got the under 23s, but it doesn't feel like it gets as much like coverage maybe as like the junior downhill side. Do you feel like there's is a strong under 23 or 21? Under 21. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah under 23 is dude, country, I never understand that. Why is downhill only under 19 and then XC is under 23, 23 and yeah. then is under 21 like why who knows <laughs> it's, really, it's a weird one eh? yeah i don't get that but um yeah i don't know i feel, I I feel suppose, like we don't see as much of yeah. the talent like coming through and enjoy i guess it must be there right because the whole sport's growing and we've got I more th- young riders coming through yeah maybe it's just because um now that the downhill juniors are televised or like filmed live it's yeah. more noticeable yeah but um I think 
just the I think just the coverage in general with the Enduros being a bit off this year. Like I think they've just got so much stuff they're trying to do with everything. Yeah. That it's maybe um yeah, maybe not the best. Like we're in twenty one, I remember they were filming was it live or was it just a yeah. replay? But they were filming our whole pro stage run like downhill. Yeah, and yeah. They had more post stage interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think um there's just so much stuff for them to do with all these disciplines yeah. on the same weekend. Like, dude. And they're learning like yeah, week on week, I guess. It's gonna take some time probably yeah. to realise what what changes need to yeah. be made and how you get all that done in one weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know Enduro inside out though, like what would you what would you want to see? Like what do you think would be a good ad? Because we can't have like we're never going to be able to live. Yeah, you're never going to be able to live. What they were doing with the that um, final stage reseed, I yeah. don't see why you couldn't do that live. Yeah, that would be cool. So you've got throughout the whole day, you've got all the coverage from stages that they're just constantly uploading. You can get it uploaded straight away, like yeah. some clips, some. Um, interviews with the writers after each stage like yeah. what happened so you got these updates you can follow all day if you're a super hardcore fan and yeah. then at the end of the day for the last stage why can't you do like reseed yeah and just do a mini downhill race yeah because it wouldn't you wouldn't need cameras top to bottom like it's, it just uh, needs just a, a decent couple, yeah. amount to give a good feel for it and yeah it'd be super cool i'd, I'd 100% watch that um yeah, and if not, just a good, a real good package at the end, that just like Rally that shows yeah, yeah, everything yeah. that went on that's out pretty soon, which I think they're doing a decent job with that. Like, uh, they are getting the highlights out very quickly. Yeah. I don't know how they're doing that. Again, I think the stuff at the start of the year was the best, like Tassie yeah. and I don't know, they were just, I guess because Enduro only, yeah, they got they only more focus. That. Yeah. On that, but I also don't like how they whack the e-bike in with the. I think you need two separate ones, eh? It's yeah, like it's two different races. Yeah, 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 and not everyone wants to watch both kind yeah. of thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. Mate, I would, I would go a separate e-bike and a separate enduro. Yeah, um, like recap. There is a lot. There seems to be a lot of like cross-discipline st- stuff going on. There's the new Red Bull show with uh, Rob and Elliot that they've been doing. Um, and oh, Emily yeah. Batty, and that covers cross country and downhill together, which again is like that whole. Like, do you yeah, really want to see both? Like, I suppose if they're doing like a recap on the whole weekend sort of thing, because yeah. you've already got the the live XC and you've already yeah, got true. the live downhill, so you can watch that alone. But with yeah, enduro, that's okay. all you've got, you know. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I guess if someone, if you did just the separate ones, and then someone like the Red Bull showed combine them together yeah i, th- I see what you're saying a bit yeah, yeah. Sense, you, if you, know. you want to go watch one in isolation you can whereas yeah Jiro, you've not got that choice it's just the it's it's not a, it's yeah. not a huge issue really. no it's, it's just not i'm just I'm, interested yeah. to like see because it's this ongoing debate like enduro coverage is not as good as people seem to want it to be but then yeah it's what do you do yeah and it's I've, not it's not easy i think that's the whole reason um all the races are so much shorter than they used to be to make it like you used to have your two days practice, your two days race, yeah. Which some people like 
a lot better. Like I know Win used to love that stuff. Yeah. Um, I did a couple like that early on and they were sick. It's like More true riding. enduro, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the whole idea of making it one day race, bit less of a big day, I think is so you can cover it better. So we yeah, need okay. to really make the most of that if yeah. um, if we're going to go down that route, yeah. I think put some more emphasis on it and yeah it's it's a hard one when they're trying to lump everything in together again i think enduro is always going to be the one that suffers because it's a bit smaller than downhill nxc so and it's not live streamed as well i guess which yeah. has to be their focus certainly in year one to get that all mm. up to scratch but yeah fingers crossed we'll see more of you uh you lot on our screens in the future if not moi moi tvs yeah. always providing for everyone so yeah thanks for yeah. all the effort that you put into that because it does it does bring a lot to the sport and the discipline i think so it's good stuff but yeah we should let you get out of it pretty soon what uh what does the end of season hold for you like we're not far off it for you have you got some big plans or just going to go home and rest like um yeah i got chatel next week and then i just need a rest from this year man <laughs> It's going to go reset and enjoy some time at home. Golf grid for a bit. Friends and family. Yeah, golf grid. Go out the coast surfing somewhere and relax and get off the socials, mate. Get, <laughs> Dark mode. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Vanish mode. Yeah, get out of here. And um, yeah, just have some time to think and chill out and um, just relax. Yeah. And then back into a bit of puzzle, a bit of testing, a few things yeah. to try. Yeah. And then especially this, at least regardless of how I go next weekend, just this race is just going to give me a bit of motivation coming into the yeah. next year that I can still, that I can still win. And yeah, go for a, we've had a, a year to iron out all the flaws and yeah. stuff. And hopefully next year will be, Smooth sailing. I've had a good few years. Like, there's been a few injuries in there, but racing's like this. Hey, you gotta it's so hard to deal with the super high highs and the low lows sometimes, but it's just part of it. <laughs> you gotta find thing. a way to deal with it. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, we see plenty more of you with a smile on your face at the top of the timesheets. Thanks for making time. I know you're a very busy man but yeah thanks for coming down for a chat all the best for the rest of the season and uh yeah we're looking forward to seeing how it all goes for you man thank you mate cheers for having awesome. me on cheers, See Jack. You around. all right that's it for this episode with jack i really hope you've enjoyed it a massive thank you to yt and seven mesh for supporting this episode don't forget you can get 20 percent off all seven meshes incredible clothing including their brand new air mat range by using the code seven mesh x downtime 20 that's the number seven followed by mesh x downtime then the number 20 all lowercase with no spaces that's seven mesh x downtime 20 over at sevenmesh.com. seven mesh ship globally and that code is valid until the end of january 2024 don't forget that if you want to help support the podcast, then the best way to do that is by heading over to patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and setting up a donation. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.
I know times are tough for a lot of people right now, so if that doesn't work for you, then no worries. But if you are able to support, then it's really appreciated. We've also got t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies available over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Make sure you're following the podcast by hitting that button in your podcast app now or by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can also get a bit of extra downtime by signing up to our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. All right, that's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride. (laughs) 